Hello, internets. Hello, mythics. Mythic internets. Mythic or just internets. Mythics in general. Welcome All to the, the GG cast, everybody. This is episode twenty-one. Messing with the mythic. As always, I'm your host Brian here with my best buddy Jason, who's got mythics on the mind. I have mythics on the mind, and I'm in my baseball coach garb as well. So, Which you know, watching mythic. on Twitch, I'm looking pretty fancy and official in my baseball coach card, which is mythic as well. What's the F stand for? The F stands for fantastic. Fun. Foul ball. One of the things. Foul ball. Yeah. That's a baseball term. Exactly. Right. Fop, fop, fly. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's a baseball term. Yeah. How how was baseball tonight? It was good. We won. Uh, We're a little bit late tonight because of it, but it was a good time. It was a good time. So you beat those little kids. Yeah, I, uh, you know, everybody doesn't understand how my team keeps winning, and I just say, man, when you have a 35-year-old hit and not a 7-year-old, it's easy. Well, especially because you're still somehow managing to play t-ball, which yeah. just, you know, and I think you're ready to move on, buddy, but hey, whatever mm, works for you. No, sir. No, sir. How you been, man? I've been good. I had a good, uh, good, ga- or good week of gaming this week. Um, and, uh, also, you know, long weekend was nice. Memorial day was good. We, uh, actually got together with some of the in-laws and we played some board games as compared to video games was good. Oh, nice. Uh, What'd you guys did play? A couple, uh, did a couple pandemic rounds, which was fun. Uh, love me some pandemic. Stock um, standard vanilla pandemic. Yep. Just standard. But, uh, you know, now we're getting a little bit better at that game. I told the in-laws, I said, we're going to have to buy you guys pandemic legacy. So you can really get into the nitty gritty of Pandemic because they yeah, love definitely. Pandemic as well, but they had no idea about Pandemic Legacy. So we'll yeah, probably well, start couple, that as a group. Yeah, they got a couple seasons that they can catch up on already then. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I'm excited about that. So we did some of that. I did some uh, some Vidya gaming as well. And we'll talk about a little bit about a couple of the games I spent a lot of time on uh, this week here after the news. But I did hop back into PUBG, which I haven't done in a while. Yeah, and that was fun. Still, is it still a uh, tire fire? Uh, no, it's actually a lot better. First round in, I got three kills, which I think that's probably more kills than I had the entire time I was playing uh, beforehand. <laughs> oh, okay, so, that, so so definitely not a tire fire now. Not a tire fire. A little bit better. Um, I think a little bit of the Apex Legends BR stuff also helped me improve my aim. Uh, played some Apex Legends again this week, which I haven't done in a while. Um, so yeah, it was a good good week of gaming. I'm all I'm all about it this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I didn't play anything really over this uh, this long holiday weekend, our Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I had my father in law in town, so I hung out with them a little bit more uh, and the family a little bit more and everything. Uh, but I was able to get in probably a good twenty hours of Overwatch. It felt like over this last week, uh, and that is basically the only thing I have been playing. Um, it's interesting. So a year ago, after Gaming for Hope, where we played a little bit ahead of time, we were trying to figure out some strategies and trying uh, to be some tryhards. Trying and to be competitive. Yeah, exactly. And we got to the end of that, and I was just so burnt out on that game. I think I probably went about six months before I picked it up again. And yep. this year, it is the exact opposite. We got done with Gaming for Hope, and granted, we didn't play near as much in the build-up to it this year as we did last year, but all I want to do right now is play more Overwatch. Uh, I've just been I've been having a blast with it. Uh, you know, it's knights are still potentially hit or miss, where you get into some groups that are just, 
you have no idea how these people have managed to like you know brush their teeth and put their clothes on and everything in the morning because there's such a bunch of morons but you know then you'll get into the next game and it's just both teams are having fun everybody's nice and pleasant and chatting and it's just it's a good game man it's a yeah good game. i i'm enjoying it it's been a while uh i kind of had the same thing going on man i think we we played the crap out of it before the tournament last year to the point where i was ready to take a break because we were playing two to three times a week before the tournament uh i i'll admit uh going into last year's tournament we were probably a little bit more prepared than we were yes. this year yeah just a bit but we had more fun this year i think Let's, let's put it this way for everybody listening. Uh, I went into the Havana map having never actually played the Havana map until we had to play it competitively in the gaming tournament. So, yeah, you could say that we weren't exactly all that uh, prepared on it, but it, it was fun. And, you know, I think a big part of it is actually just my mindset. Like last year, I don't know if it's because I was trying to be competitive or it just, you know, that kind of mood in general or whatever in life, but I, I think I was just taking the game more seriously and... I know I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but, you know, something clicked out at some point, and it was like, you know what? I hate Brigitte because I keep dying from stupid Brigitte. I'm just going to learn how to play her and kill everybody with her. And I think I've kind of adapted that similar mindset. You know, if I play a couple rounds and it's just, you know, Torb is just kicking my ass that night. You know what? Maybe I'll try playing some Torb tonight and see how that goes or something. Uh, be- become what you hate, man. It's it's great. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good tournament, though. It was fun. So yeah. I, I'm, but I'm in the same boat. I've actually craved a little bit of Overwatch lately. It could be partially because the anniversary event just kicked off. Sure. It also could be partially because of the uh, workshop stuff that's going on, which we'll talk a little bit about in the news. Um, but just in general, it feels fresh. It feels fun. It feels like a new game sometimes. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Awesome. Well, how about we jump into the news then? Let's jump into the news. So first and foremost, the, uh, the piece that uh, is old news, but. Uh, we'll say new news, I guess, because uh, I guess it's official as of now-ish. Um, the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, has officially, officially, officially in the books, stamped it with their WHO button, uh, said that gaming is officially an illness now. It's and The thing that was weird when I read this uh, article is they didn't say an addiction. They said it's a mental disorder. So so gaming addiction is a gaming addiction. Not just gaming in general, but yeah. the type of gaming that you and I do. Correct, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, so that's kind of what I want to touch on. So there's there was a lot of pushback from a ton of uh, psychological masterminds out there, you know, from Harvard to Oxford, to all these people that are they're psychiatric, you know, PhDs and everything. They're like, guys... You guys are the World Health Organization. You are the staple of what we define as mental health, physical health, all this other stuff. You got to reconsider this because there's not nearly enough conclusive evidence to say that this is a mental disorder in any way, sure. shape, or form. Uh, so WHO kind of came out and said, well, we need to be a little bit more prescriptive about what we mean when we say it's a mental disorder. Um, so they kind that of, they kind of, wise, you know, pertinent. Sure. Yeah, they kind of gave way and said, here's the deal. It's absolutely a hundred percent conclusive that it's a mental disorder. If you forget to eat and stay up for 20 hours straight playing video games every day of the week, which I can actually, I can get behind and I can say, I agree with that. Like if you're not taking care of the, pr- the primit, like your standard showers, foods, sleep, 
knowing you have family somewhere. Like, if you're not taking care yeah, of the once, standard stuff. Once your life becomes, like, something from The Sims, where yes. you're pissing yourself and skipping work or whatever, hoping that you can just enter that cheat code to get all the, the sweet, sweet simoleons. Uh, right. Yeah, you have a problem. I, I can agree with that. Absolutely. But, but, I mean, where do you draw that line, then? Because there are people that will spend that same amount of time watching Netflix all day, but because there's not this, like, social stigma of watching Netflix as there is of gaming still, you know, the World Health Organization's not demonizing Netflix. Right, What the hell, exactly. man? Get off, my, get off my nuts, World Health Organization. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, in chat over here, they're talking... It, that's not necessarily isolated, just like you called out to gaming. That's a personal... That's a person issue, right? If you can't take things in... Uh, and understand within moderation how it works, it, it, it's, it happens with anything. It happens with alcohol, which that is technically an addiction because it's chemical balance. But it happens with anything. That was a bad example because I'm drinking, right? That's uh, great. Well done. Well done. Yeah. What about booze? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's addictive. Um, no, but, I mean, it happens. Anything that releases endorphins. Hell, it happens with exercise. Look at all these CrossFitters that are going nuts, like throwing up in the gym and then going and doing more pull-ups, right? Um all of those things are things that if you release endorphins and your brain reacts and says, hey, I like this, you know what? There's there's the possibility that you could become addicted to it, right? Sure. And there was There was a study that was done actually out of Stanford. Uh, it was pretty recent, like uh, two or three months ago. And they took a kid who plays Fortnite like eight hours a day, plays Fortnite, and his mom is concerned about him. And then they took a kid who plays sports eight hours a day. And they found that the kid who plays Fortnite uh, triggers his reward system more regularly than the kid who plays sports, which then in turn releases more endorphins and blah, blah, blah. So they're like, okay, well, here's the thing. That, that doesn't say it's addictive or not. All we're saying is when son A plays Fortnite, his reward system lights up like a Christmas tree, which means he's really enjoying himself, which means he's escaping all of his problems. It means that it is a disease. Yeah, yeah. So like therefore, <laughs> people are addicted, right? So, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. Um, I can get behind the if you forget to eat for four days and you pass out from exhaustion because you were too busy playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, you probably have a problem. Sure. Um, if you're like me and play video games two or three times a week, I think you're probably okay. You know. So anyway, that's the WHO. Those Thank guys are you. trying to freaking break gaming for us. Thank you, Doctor Jason, for that medical opinion. Yeah, and, and uh, by the way. Alcohol's addictive, guys. Alcohol's addictive. Um, second piece of news, far less serious and far more exciting. Death Stranding. Finally. Finally, we have a release date. November 8th, uh, Death Stranding is coming out. I was concerned it wasn't going to come out this year. It's been uh, kind of in the works for the last two years. We've seen some trailers and things like that. It looks... Uh, one, the game looks absolutely messed up. Like, you carry a baby around in a jar the whole game. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Some sort of tar rain type thing going on. And, right. And there's, like, yeah. this weird, like, light that, like, flashes up behind you. And it's like, wink, 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 whatever. I don't know. But it looks cool. Um, but the graphics on it just look sick. Um and there was some speculation that this game wasn't actually going to be available on PS4. They were making it for PS5. Sure. Which 
I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if that's foreshadowing that PS5 may be available come November eighth, which I would doubt because they haven't said anything about it. Uh, but then again, you're looking yeah. at the right time frame to launch a new console, right? Right before holiday time frame and retail, like it could fit. Um, it it could fit, and Sony has been dropping a lot of little details about their hardware. They've been doing a couple of these little. PlayStation Directs, whatever they call those things, uh, where they've been, you know, showing clips of, look how fast Spider-Man loads with our super hard drive and, and that sort of stuff. And, I mean, uh, AMD did basically just reveal all of the, the Zen 2 new chips that are coming out, and we've got release dates on those coming up. And, you know, so everything is in place, theoretically, that they could have a console out and on store shelves this fall. But if they're trying to have that thing ready by November, I feel like it's just the timing of how they would have released stuff doesn't make sense yet. Like, I feel like they would already be starting to announce this. You'd have pictures of the consoles that would be leaking out there. You, you know, you'd have all these things going on that would hint at a lot more than just Sony's making a PlayStation 5, which everybody knows, and more, this is what the PlayStation 5 is really going to be. This is what it looks like. This is, you know, right, a controller, right. redesign, that sort of stuff. Um, right. More more in line with what I'm guessing is that this might be the type of game that straddles that console generation line, right? We saw that a lot between PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, where you had a lot of games that would release on both. You know, you could get the old gen version, and then they had the new gen version, and prettier graphics, and better AI, and, and that sort of stuff. I could see right. that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm at, too. I imagine it's probably going to be more of a, we're going to release it on PS4, and then we're going to make it look pretty on PS5. So Sure. Uh, and it's going to load I, faster. Yeah, it's going to load in a flash. <clears throat> uh, can I just take this brief moment then to say I'm sorry for everybody that was excited about this game, but since Jason is really pumped for it, it's going to suck like everything else that he loves. That is true. Hey, so guys, far... Anthem. Anthem's going to be amazing. Woo! Game of the year. And just crashes and burns. So oh, far... Division 2, I can't wait. Yeah, crashes and burns. Borderlands 3... Death Stranding, I'm calling it right now, running number one and number two for most disappointing games of the year. I do have the death touch this year when it comes to game launches so far. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not excited for that. This has been a rough year for me. So many games look so good, and then they're just like, oh, God. It's like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do, see, now you jinx me. I'm gonna, Final Fantasy VII is still going to be great. All right? That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. When that releases on PlayStation 6, that's going to be just incredible. See, Killswitch said he actually liked Anthem. He just thought it had too much hype. So there you go. See? It's, uh, again, it's all your fault. Yeah, it's because I was hyping it. Yeah. All right, last bit of news, which I absolutely love, is I crack open another beer. Um, you got so a problem, buddy. I do. I'm addicted. Overwatch, the workshop, it's live now in production. Sure, You yeah. can go in there right now and play. I think you have a cap of like four or five um uh, workshops that you can like four or five game modes that you can create before you have to get rid of one which kind of sucks a little bit but i understand from a storage space perspective i'm sure these game modes take up a bunch of space on the server or whatever um the one i'm most excited to read about though and i was pumped about it uh there's a smash bros mod in overwatch you can how, do, how you, exactly does that work so they they apparently coded it so the more damage you take, the more likely you are to be knocked back from contact. Okay. Um, and then if you fly off the map, then you lose. Like it's so 
play Overwatch, there's a there's a Smash Bros. functionality that to it. Is, and actually, that is fantastic. Some, some people who love Smash Bros. are like, dude, I played this thing, and it is a carbon copy of Smash Bros. Actually, like, pretty well done. The way it functions, the way you play it, uh, it looks awesome. So I, I'm excited to check it out. I'm going to have to hit it up and see what it's like. Um, but apparently, that's the number one mod right now for people to play in the workshop, which is pretty cool. That's pretty slick. So, as you called out before we started the show, there's not a whole lot of news this week, primarily because we're a week and a half out from uh, E3. E3, yeah. Yeah, so, E3 starts on the 11th, if I remember right. That's, that's, yeah, a week and a half from now. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. That'll be a good week. Our podcast that week will have all kinds of news, I'm sure, um, because, well, they're going to launch all kinds of news. Um, oh, man, somebody shut my lights off. What the heck? All my lights went out. Uh-oh. Weird. Your it's, still getting, working? it's getting creepy in this house. Um, no, but no. yeah, it, actually, that's just the satisfactory alarm going off because it knows what's coming up here in just a second. <laughs> the satisfactory alarm is going off. I'm officially satisfactory. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. E3 will get some good news. But let's jump into the satisfactory alarm quick. Um, so. I had a chance to jump into Satisfactory this week, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't think it, I was it, going wait, to. Wait, 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 say that again. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You really enjoyed I, it. It was a I, satisfying experience. So now I'm putting words in your mouth, but I know where you're going. It's it was better than you expected. Oh my God, Brian, I am so sorry for all the things I've been saying over the past couple weeks to you. I should have tried this game back when you tried getting everybody else into it. Probably, probably the case. Yes. Uh, with that being said, a couple things that I'd like to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, it's probably not a game that I would play a ton of by myself. Um, so I, I'm just not into that type of uh, game where it's um, like a build and there's nothing else going on. Like you can kill you one know, of the three animals that exist in the world. That's fun. You can zap all the animals that exist in the world, but realistically, there's no story behind it. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and that'll be good, and we'll call it good, right? Sure. Um, so there's really not a whole lot of um, like anything above building a factory that is efficient. Okay. With that being said, there is something relatively satisfying about getting this factory running at like a hundred million, you know freaking efficiency level where you just like don't even have to do anything you just sit on the top of a little walkway uh and have a good time you know it, so there's something it, it really is yeah i mean for everybody that hasn't played it yet they tweak things incredibly well as far as how fast different parts are made how much you know resources you need to dump into them to get stuff out and the pace of that output that makes you really have to think about things. You know, it's not just a one-for-one one input to output in a lot of cases. You need to have two different things building this certain part in order to then supply this other one at 100% capacity. Because if you don't, you're going to be bottlenecked in screws or iron bars or whatever sort of things. You know, especially as you start getting up there higher and higher and higher, and some of these parts get more and more complex, where they're four or five tiers down now on different parts that had to have been made already for it to get built it 
yeah, there, there is just something that is incredibly fun about it. And I, I 100% agree with you. There is no story. There's no plot. There's nothing that's driving you through this game other than your own ambition to build a giant factory that is as efficient as you can possibly make it. Yep. But man, that feels good. So you, yeah, so you of, played a little bit of multiplayer, though. I did. Yep. Brant and I got into multiplayer, which was a lot of fun. Um, you know, he is a little bit more OCD than I was when I first set up my factory. Oh, just just like, a bit. Everything for him is lined up and perfect. And I'm like, uh, my my miner is over there and it <laughs> runs, a, runs a conveyor belt to my storage unit. So it's all the way over there. He's like, why didn't you just line them up? I don't know. That's where I built it. And I just ran the conveyor belt that way. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it thoroughly. So. Perfect. Well, we're going to have to get in there at some point together. Uh, and maybe what we can do is you and I can build a new factory that is just a jumbled rat's nest of <laughs> conveyor belts going to things that make no sense. And, and you know, it's still, at the end of the day, makes all the parts that you need to make. And then we'll pull Brant into it and just watch his, like, head explode seeing all the chaos that we've created yes i like it i like it the second game i wanted to talk a little bit about that i got a chance to play this week is uh hearthstone uh primarily the single player dollar and heist so last week i talked a little bit about um hearing some rumors that it was very much like slay the spire um which you sure. and i both love slay the spire it's a great game um, so I was pretty pumped about the fact that there is a free, free-to-play mobile, which I choke when I say mobile, but it's mobile. Um, <laughs> game. gamer! It's a mobile game that you can play um, that's got a solid single player. And, sure. and if it's anything like Slay the Spire, I'm all about it, right? How satisfying uh, was it? It was not oh. like Slay the Spire. Um, and, and so here's the thing. The single player was actually okay. It was It was fun. It's... Um, it's a lot like the, uh, uh the Kobolds Catacomb one or the, sure. the one between that one where you kind of, you know, you start off and you're doing kind of a, um, you know, here's your first round and pick these special abilities for this round. And then the next round you get to keep that special ability and we're going to add three specific types of cards. And then sure. the round after they, that, we're going to add another of, special ability and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's a little bit of the roguelike mechanics on it where... All it takes is one loss and you're out and then you, your deck is dead and you get to start over with a new deck again. Um, Correct. Okay, so it's less single player than what you were hope, or less you know content than what you were hoping for. Just kind of more of the same from what they've been doing. Correct. Um, so I wasn't as satisfied with that as I was with Satisfactory. Yeah, fair which enough. Is are, you gonna, are you going to keep playing any of it or are you pretty well tapped out um, from what you got out of it already? You know, I uh, I played up until the eighth boss, which is basically the end of it. The I end. beat all the, the seven bosses, and the deck that I built, um, one of the abilities I chose was that all my characters had stealth. Okay. Which I chose that after like four or five rounds in, which kind of sucked because I picked a few characters that were tanks, and then I thought about it. And I'm like, well, if they all have stealth, <laughs> yeah, then if they're all stealthy, doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really do anything. Um. So that was my bad. But I, I got to the last boss, and I ended up playing against a boss who his uh, his standard ability was that it just does AoE to everybody. Hits everybody AoE for three. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, that sucks because that makes that ability completely worthless. Like, sure. stealth doesn't matter because you're just going to AoE everybody for three every single time. And so that was kind of frustrating. It's like, and 
the thing is, is it's all RNG, right? Like what their what their hero abilities are and everything. It it it's completely sure. Random. So that like, yeah, the same so you got completely time, so. screwed on that boss, but you could have had a different boss where maybe your stealth thing would have worked out beautifully. And exactly, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of frustrating. So I'll probably get back into it and finish the run and see how it goes. But I wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta keep playing this thing. So sure. that was my thing. So that's well, my. You, know what? you you tried it. It wasn't as satisfying as satisfactory. I agree. So now, that's my review. For place your bets, which you know is another thing that the World Health Organization says is bad gambling. Place your bets. What is going to be a better game, Hearthstone, Dalaran Heist, or Death Stranding? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Can you play Death? <laughs> can you play Death Stranding on your phone? No, I cannot. <laughs> but I will Death Stranding also, load faster than Hearthstone? Hmm. Maybe. What depends? Is PS5 or PS4? Here. We'll, we'll let you know in a couple weeks, guys, after we hear more at E3. Yes. Yeah, well, Sony's not going to be at E3, though. That's why they're leaking all their crap before E3, because they're not going to be De- there. Well, is Death Stranding... Wait, remind me. Is Death Stranding actually PlayStation exclusive? I believe it is PlayStation exclusive. I mean, everything yeah. that they've shown so far is PlayStation exclusive, but I guess I'm not entirely positive if it's not... Uh, what is it? The, the delayed release, limited exclusivity type thing. I don't know. I don't know anything don't about know. video games. Whatever. Let's yeah. talk about some new plans that we've got going on here. A new type of mythic. Yeah, so long-time listeners might have noticed that we don't really talk too much about Mythic Mondays anymore, mostly because I haven't been to one in like six weeks or something like that. Yeah, probably, yeah jerk. You know. uh, but in my defense, you guys haven't also really been doing them every single week of those six weeks. Yeah, jerks. Everybody's oh. jerks. So you know what? We're going to mix things up a little bit in our gaming group. And I actually wanted to talk about this today because it's a little something different than what we normally talk about. Uh, The Mythic Monday Scuba Squad is going to be transitioning out of WoW. And we are going to be doing some tabletop RPG action going forward here. I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah. So this is something we've been talking about wanting to do for a while here. Uh, jump into a little bit more tabletop RPG style stuff. Uh, as everybody knows, I am not local, so we're going to be doing this remote. And I am happy to talk about that uh, later, too, just in case anybody listening uh, has always wanted to maybe try out something like D&D or any of these other RPG systems, but isn't sure how to do it if you don't have a local gaming group that can get together regularly to pull these things off. Um so we're going to be running it right now. It looks like five of us. So I'm going to be the dungeon master, game master, lore master. Maybe there's six of us. We'll see. And everybody else gets to bend to my whims uh, to kind of see if we can make some RPG magic happen. And I think what we're going to end up doing is uh, we're going to build this up in a way that I think is going to actually be a lot of fun for all you guys. All right, so are you, are you ready? This is the big reveal, so nobody yet knows what my my evil machinations are. Uh, what my crazy DMing is going to turn exactly. out to be. Are you ready to hear what I'm going to do here, buddy? This, this is cool. This is actually something I've been coming up with over the last couple of days that I'm actually excited for. So last summer, we set up a D&D 5th edition campaign. We sure did. kind of went a little D&D light. I didn't give a crap about travel times or how fast you guys could eat or whatever other minutia they they throw into that. Uh, But we tried to play it as close as we could to to D&D, and it was a lot of fun. But we were basically playing one of those starter sets, and I gave you guys pre-made characters, and we kind of, you know, worked through it a little bit. And 
And at some point in maybe the second or third session, I realized that you guys had no idea how to play a tabletop RPG. See, and the cool part about being the Dungeon Master is I can pretend that I Shut know what's going mouth. on because I know nothing about it either. But but basically, you guys turned into what I believe is known in the tabletop gaming world as murder hobos. Where basically, <laughs> you wandered around this beautiful world that I had crafted, and you solved every freaking problem by murdering the person that you ran into. So you'd come up to like some small child who's like... Oh, hello, mister. Would you like to buy a necklace? And you'd stab him to take his necklace instead of using the money that I had given you in the last scenario or whatever. So, I'm a little worried still about you guys murder hoboing up whatever I create here. So we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, The way that I'm going to do this is we're going to do a couple of one or two week long sessions here, right? These are going to be these short little things that we're going to use to kind of craft a world that'll go into our longer adventure, um, while also forcing you guys to have to do a little bit more problem solving and creativity and less just murder hobo action. But I like murder hobo. Everybody likes the murder hobo, but you know what? There's something incredibly disappointing when you craft this beautiful, beautiful NPC and then have it just get murder hoboed. So, so here's here's the thing. Here's what I got to say. I played a rogue, all right? And rogues, by nature, are just murder hobos. Like, that's, no, that's what they it. do. You could do a distraction. You could pickpocket somebody. You could knock them out and then tie them up and interrogate them. You could pull their pants down. I don't know. There's so many different things that you could have done. But no, no, you just got to stab them. <laughs> or I could roll a d20 on acrobatics and do a backflip and kick them. Fair enough. Uh, the other side of this is Jason has some of the worst rolls of anybody in the history of tabletop gaming. So he very, very infrequently actually did something cool. Unless it was an acrobatic roll. I had, I every single time, I would crit roll on acrobatics. So I was like, I need to get over the, the fence. How tall is the fence? Two feet. I want to do a front flip over it. All right, roll a d20. 19. Boom! It was awesome. I'm going to set out just to screw you over going forward here if you don't, <laughs> if you don't knock this off right now. All right, All right. so, so let's, let's talk about a little bit more details of my plans here. What we're going to do, we're going to do two one-shots. All right, so these should be single session, I'm hoping. If these last more than one session, I'm going to be a little disappointed in how you slow you guys are in getting through all this stuff. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play two different games. And I, I haven't entirely decided on the exact systems we're going to do yet. I've got a couple options here. Um, but what I want is for us to create, as a group, two different things. Uh, so I sent out a survey to everybody ahead of time, and it seems like more or less everybody wants to do some sort of fantasy-type thing. Um, but the setting is maybe a little bit more up in the air still. Um you know, medium to high complexity, which means that we are kind of leaning towards probably doing Dungeons and Dragons again for our actual system. But sure. what I want to do is have the group come up with a character that is going to be a nice, memorable character. And I'll figure out how I want to fit them into things. And I want to have the group come up with a location that'll be some sort of central hub in our world. And the way it's we're going to do this, we're going to do this through one shots. All right. So we're going to do something like apocalypse world or lasers and feelings um or this cool one that i just read about tonight uh, i believe geek and sundry did it uh called honey heist uh basically these are 
incredibly simple games with incredibly simple rule sets, or they can be. Um, Apocalypse World actually can be pretty complicated if you want it to be. Um, but what we want to do in these is I want to force you guys to have to do creative problem solving and to actually interact with each other and to do some real role playing. Have a character come up with what this character's motivations are, relationships, all these sorts of things where I'm not going to let you just roll dice to stab somebody. You're going to have to actually be a little bit more creative. And the idea behind this is, one, you're not going to be murder hobos anymore. And two, we're going to come up with some characters that are freaking cool. And those are going to carry over into our actual Dungeons & Dragons game. Can mine be a drunk? Uh, you certainly can be. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I mean, all about it. So, so, okay, so how about this? Get, get a load of this. So Honey Heist, the entire point of this game, the rules for this game are on two pages. And it's only two pages because it has a really cool big logo and uh, some large font on it. The entire point of this game is that it is HoneyCon. Uh, 2017, and you're going to undertake the greatest heist the world has ever seen, right? So you guys are going to be planning out this heist, and I'm going to be I'm going to be dungeon mastering this game. Uh, Love it. But there there are two things to this though. All right, are you ready? Yep. All right. Number one, you have a complex plan that requires absolutely perfect precise timing, right? So think Ocean's Eleven or something like that. And point number two, you are a goddamn bear. So you need to do this entire heist as bears. And we're going to roll dice to figure out what type of bear you are. Uh, That's amazing. If you are retired or unhinged, incompetent. Uh, if you're a honey badger. If you're a grizzly bear, <laughs> a polar bear, a panda bear. Uh, your role in the team. You could be a hacker or a thief or the driver or the muscle. Uh, and then if you guys are nice to me, I'm going to let you roll to see what sort of cool hat you get to wear. That's awesome. I love it. And the I entire be... point of this is that you guys are trying to be bears and you're trying to steal some sort of large thing that I will get into once we actually play the game. I want to be the honey badger because honey badger don't give a fuck. Well, all you have to do That's is roll saying. a six and you can be the honey badger. Done. I'm in. On a D20? Uh, on a D6. Oh, come on. Red right, Zero says he wants to be a panda. All right. Perfect. Nice. All right, so so that's, that's number one, right? What we're going to do is we're going to play the scenario. I'm going to get you guys kind of thinking about things outside of just the, the action combat-y type stuff, right? How do you go about planning this heist and everything? Uh, and hopefully from this, we're going to get some cool characters that can carry over. Uh, the next thing that I want to do is to have you guys all help me create a world, basically. Right? I, I need some lore that... I think everybody's going to be a little bit more excited by if we can come up with something kind of fun and, and quirky as a team. Sure. Uh, so there's another game that I've wanted to play for a little while uh, called The Quiet Year. And this game will be a little bit harder for us to pull off uh, remote. We're going to have to... So basically this game is a map-making, map-drawing type game. Uh, okay. So the way this is going to work is normally you would play this in a group at a table, everybody around this blank sheet of paper. And it is a dystopia, the world has fallen type thing. You've got this small village of 80 or so villagers, and you now need to rebuild it. So the way it works is there's a deck of cards. So there's 52 cards, 52 weeks in the year. And what you're going to do is you're going to draw these cards, and each card will basically give you a little bit of flavor text and kind of a scenario that's going to be happening at, you know, during that week in it. And what we want to do is we want to put together a society. So we're going to go through and you'll have projects and, you know, on your turn, you would draw a card and you say, you know what, the people have been really upset lately, you know, because of all this dystopia and the kids are all dying and we're all starving. But you know what, we need a baseball diamond because damn it, that is going to raise morale. So I am going to 
pitch, you know, this new project, we're going to be making a baseball field. And Love everybody it. else is going to look at you like you are an idiot because what we really need is some firewood so we don't all have to keep eating the children or whatever or burning the children for, for a heat source. Jeez, uh, that got dark. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the type of world that you create when you do these sort of <laughs> communal things. <laughs> right, but it, it goes around in a circle. And it's cool because the there's no real hard rules and there's no real end goal other than to just kind of get through and build this society but the idea is supposed to be that we're all kind of working together to flesh this out to finish projects and there's going to be hard decisions that have to be made at times of you know okay well we've got two or three different projects going on do we let jason get his stupid baseball field or is that the project that gets put on hold so that we can you know sow the fields and actually have food for the winter and and that sort of thing man Um, that sounds too much like actual work for me i'd rather (laughs) not do that What's cool about this, though, is by the end of this, what I'm hoping is that we are going to have some lore for a world. Sure. What went down? What caused this, you know, apocalyptic event or this dystopia or wherever we're in? Uh, And that hopefully we can have a central hub that we can kind of then use to branch off when we actually jump into our Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I love it. That sounds awesome. So... I'm going to I'm going to jump in. So we talked about our Dungeons and Dragons slash Honey Badger, Honey Heist slash Burning the Children in a Dystopian Universe game that we're going to play. Yes. But let's talk about um, how how did you like how did you figure out how to put all this together? Right. Because for listeners and, you know, people in Twitch and everything else, like this is no small feat, guys. Like Brian has spent the last freaking three weeks trying to figure out how to get a solid environment together where we could play five, six, seven people. It wouldn't be such a slow slog old, like long game that it's never going to get finished. But at the same front, it's going to, it's going to keep people engaged and we can still invite more people in. Right. So candidly, it's selfish on my end. We've been playing mythic Mondays, which is a cap of five. My wife wants to play some games with us. Brian's wife likes to play games with us. Like we could get anywhere from, six seven eight ten people and and mythic mondays just doesn't really allow us to do that right so that's kind of part of the how do we do this and we kind of said hey brian go and he freaking killed it so how how do we get to a point where we're at now brian what what steps did you take to get to this point yeah so i mean admittedly i am not the most experienced tabletop rpg player i i read a whole lot of various fictions uh i play a whole lot of different board games and other pc games and console games and all that sort of stuff so you know i am an avid gamer uh but i like storytelling and one of the things that actually has gotten me super excited for this uh is my son so i have a three-year-old and his favorite thing lately which is also one of the most aggravating things lately anytime we're in the car he forces me to tell him stories so that is all he wants he doesn't want to listen to music anymore uh my wife has him somewhat okay with listening to audiobooks when she is the one that's driving him around to and from daycare or school and such uh when i am in the car though all he wants is for me to tell him stories and so we build on these stories and we've now created different recurring characters and recurring scenarios and stuff like that and some of them build on uh common books that he has read you know fairy tales and stuff like that so you know the big bad wolf will come in but what the big bad wolf is doing on any given day varies here and there and he has you know his favorite disney characters that get into it and these things end up being at times 30 minutes of me going back and forth with him doing storytelling uh, and it's gotten really fun because it started off when we first started doing this a couple months back i would basically be the one just leading all of this and now he is into it and we do a lot more back and forth. He names all the characters. So as we go through, it's like, oh, okay, there's, you know, 
there's a wicked witch in this one. All right, what's the wicked witch's name? And he'll come up with a name for it. And then, you know, we get to the, the hero, and the hero always has to be his name. Uh, no matter of course. what, he is of course. Ugly. He's a knight. Finnegan. He's the yep. He's the prince. He's the the whatever it is. The the dragon that's coming in. It, everything else has to be Finnegan, um, which is adorable and, and fantastic. But it's that sort of storytelling that I really love, and I think I love that about leading these sorts of things. So I mean, yes, it is a lot of work putting these stories together, um, but I, I do have a lot of fun doing it. Um, the other side of it is I'm trying to always balance the group because the group is relatively varied, right? Like, um, your wife is a pretty avid gamer, but she's also not necessarily always as goofy, boisterous as some of the other people in the group. Um, at the same time, exactly. Right. You know, we've got some people in the group that are absolutely hilarious and are great at pulling jokes out of their ass at like a moment's notice and you know, do these callbacks to something that happened weeks earlier or whatever that are just, you know, fantastic like that. And that is not my style necessarily either, always. Um, I, I'm, I don't think good. Uh, so, you know, it's you've got that sort of thing where you're trying to balance. You've also got people that, like, nobody in our group necessarily takes this incredibly seriously. But I think there are people that want something where it has a little bit of this, you know, deeper arc. And they want character customization. And they want to build a character. And when I say, all right, guys, you know, you've crude enough experience points that you get to level up so at the start of the next game session i want you to have figured out what are your new things that you're getting what new skills or what new magic spells are you getting or you know whatever system we're doing there are people that are going to randomly roll a dice and see what comes up and that's what they get and there are other people that are going to spend the entire week reading over things thinking of strategy trying to figure out how it's going to synergize with their existing character and other characters in the party and that sort of thing so there is this fun challenge of trying to balance all of that. How do you keep everybody equally engaged? How do you write a scenario that everybody's going to have equal fun in by doing their own little things and their own little side motivations within it? That's awesome, dude. And I feel like when we did the uh, the 5e, the 5th edition stuff, yeah, I feel like, yes, we were all murder hobos. Like, it was just the easiest. Uh, you know, this, uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Phil or, or, or Jonathan or something. He was the yeah, freaking. Yeah, there was a Phil. The, the, yeah, Phil, the gate guard at the at the house we had to, like, get into or whatever. Um, and, uh, like, we were like, okay, so there's a gate guard here. And uh, you're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, let's fucking kill him. Let's get him. Just take him out. And you're like, hold on. The guy's 86 years old. Like. And I was like, okay, so we don't kill him? And you're like, maybe I try and talk to him first. And I was like, okay, we can talk to him first. Then we walk up and talk to him. We're like, yo, Phil, we need to get through the door. And Phil's like, for what? And we're like, uh, we're mages. And he goes, well, you don't look like a mage to me. And we're like, and I'm like, I told you, let's kill this fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, we were straight up murder hobos at that point in time. But it was fun to kind of get through, um, you know, at least that first initial stage of it and figure out like, cause you're absolutely right. When we first started, we didn't have a clue, right? We were just sure. like, you're like, you're in the woods. And we're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> How'd we get there? <laughs> and you're like, I don't, I don't know. You tell me why you're in the woods. And we're like, what can I say? Are there, are there people around us? And you're like, yes, there are people around you. There are this person, this person, this person. I'm like, kill them all. And, and everybody's like, well, why are there people around us? And you're like, I don't know. Maybe you should try talking to them. 
Oh, we can do oh, that. No. Oh, unfortunately, the rogue right. killed all of them already before we talked to him. So now as <laughs> right. the, the dungeon master, I have to come up with some stupid... Oh, look, he's got a note on him that explains everything. <laughs> Why did he write a note to himself explaining everything? Who the F knows? But it's the only way that I'm going to be able to get you guys going to the next spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just killed that kid who's actually relatively pitiful in the future. Um. Well, let's... His you know what you're going to do? Back. Turns out you revived him, <laughs> yeah. and now he's back. Yeah. So, well, that is awesome. I'm excited about that. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of the platform we do it on. Because as you called sure. out, you're remote, Lena's remote. Um, you know, there's quite a few of us here that are local to Minnesota. But even on that front, you know, Jameson's an hour north of us, Brant's an hour north of us, that sort of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the platform that we're talking about doing this on and, and kind of sure. um, the niceties yeah. of that platform. Yeah, so we are going to be starting with Roll20 again, uh, and this is what we played around with last year. Uh, there are a couple different platforms out there that you can use for this sort of stuff now. Um, Roll20 seems to kind of be a consensus pick for something that is the easiest, best, nice way to get going on all of it. Um, basically, this is a web-based platform. Uh, it's a browser-based platform that allows everybody to get in there. You can make a free account, uh, and then they do have plenty of stuff that you can buy if you want to add fun functionality to it. Sure. Uh, but what this lets me do is take existing maps or upload my own maps. It lets me take existing character assets or upload my own character assets and basically put together our boards and everything where we can play this out in a virtual tabletop setting. Uh, what's great about it is that it does have modules built in for all the Dungeons & Dragons stuff. And actually, Roll20 has modules for pretty much everything you can imagine for tabletop gaming. Uh, for 5e, it's fantastic because you can have character sheets in there that basically help to keep all of your stats nicely updated. Um, it keeps everything really easy if you have to do rolls where as long as you put all your stuff in there right, it'll automatically add everything up, so you're not necessarily having to sit there and add all of your different modifiers in and figure out exactly how much damage you would have done on this swing. Um, which, granted, 5th edition does streamline a lot of that anyway, but it still is just, you know, everything that we can do to cut down the time in between turns helps a ton. Because that is something right. that we did notice last year when we were trying to play with, was it seven people? Yeah. Uh, six plus me. Uh, there were definitely times in combat where stuff really did start to drag. And depending on your initiative values and stuff like that, there was times where it felt like it was a half hour between people getting to actually do something. I don't think it was ever well, that bad, but it, it felt like it at times. Well, in half the time, we were talking about things in between. Like, all right, so I'm going to sneak up behind the dude and I'm going to stab him. All right, ready? Roll. Yeah. Failed. Okay. <laughs> um... What do we want to wait, do, guys? Wait, did you remember to actually <laughs> add these things in this time? Okay, you did, and it still failed? Okay, cool. All right, so now who's next on the initiative list? Yeah, yeah. So the nice part about Roll20 is it does help to streamline a lot of that stuff. Uh, it also has some built-in stuff that just is quality of life stuff for me, which I really, really appreciate as far as keeping track of all the monster stat sheets and everything like that. You know, So as I make a scenario, I can get all of that stuff set up and sitting in the wings where you guys can't see it. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll play around with it as we start getting into this. I'm not sure how much I'm going to really rely on props versus the theater of the mind. Uh, I'm going to probably Theater build... of the mind. Exactly. Uh, I, I will build out some maps and stuff for certain areas because I do think that, that adds a lot to the world. Uh, but there will probably be some encounters that we just have to imagine what the cave looks like or something. Uh, 
And then the other part that is actually really slick on it is it does have video and voice chat features in it. So right. you can set it up without having to then also have another window open as a Google Hangout or a Skype or something like that. Right. I, it, so, it's, a, it's a pretty slick platform. I, I definitely highly recommend it. So all the folks in chat that are asking about how you get into D&D and how it works and everything else, we'll stream it on Mondays. You can check it out. So I usually stream, I stream our Mythic Mondays and I'll stream the, the D&D environment uh, as yeah. well. So you can check it out, but it's yeah, a good time. And, uh, if, if you are interested, there are definitely streams out there that people do that are going to be much, much better than I am going to do. There are podcasts that are going to be much, much better than it. But if you want to try it yourself, uh, the scenario that we actually ran last summer that was a really good starter scenario is the Lost Mine of Fandelver, uh, which is kind of their box starter set it comes with like an abridged rule guide it comes with everything you need to pull off this kind of mini little scenario uh and it, it's a good little story like it, they do a pretty good job of kind of leading you through different encounters and encounter types and and getting a good amount of it, it gives you a good idea of the different amount of things that are possible within D D on some level uh there are some drawbacks to it so you do kind of have to use some canned characters uh, pre-made characters, which is nice, but it also kind of gets rid of some of the fun of it. You don't really have a, such a connection to it as a player if this is just some character that you were handed versus somebody that you really get to make. Um, it, but, you know, again, it is a really good starter set. I did then go and pick up everything else that I could find after, and I included a lot of that oh, even into that starter set. So I did pick up the monster manual and the player's handbooks and some of those sorts of things and incorporate some of those things into it as well, which was a lot of fun. Uh, which the stuff that Jason was talking about, fill the the night guard and stuff like that, that was a completely side thing that I built to try to teach them not to be murder hobos, where they went to basically the community college version of Hogwarts. Uh, and within that had to kind of pass some tests and everything that yeah, did not. And we killed Phil the night guard and then stole his boots and jumped over the fence because that fool wouldn't let us through. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. And then we had to have talk to his ghost on the way back because we still needed him for the rest of the event. So it was pretty good stuff. Um, I, I'm excited. So I think we are going to be starting this this coming Monday. So that will be, what is that? That's June 3rd. Yep. June 3rd will be our, our first night. Uh, and like I said, game to be determined. But these first two weeks are going to be some uh, one-shots where we will build up this world a little bit, get everybody into it, make sure that Roll20 is working for everybody and everybody has a webcam and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then about three weeks from now, we are going to be rolling into a longer campaign. Uh, yes, I'm excited oh, for that. And just another cool part about this whole thing, a little GM secret here, this is also to delay and give me two and a half weeks to actually come up with what the hell the scenario is actually going to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> if anybody out there has some good ideas... Or, you know, just some tips for, for beginning GMs. Uh, shoot me an email. Um, so, random question for you. Uh, so, we're talking about a fully customized 5th uh, edition D&D game where it's it's pushed through a GM. You can change it however you want, all the other fun stuff. Yes. There are actually some pre-built tabletop D&D games out there. So, for people who are looking to get into D&D, yeah, understand the way the game plays, understand the... And the functionality of a D6 and a D10 and a D20 and all these other things. Um, you know, have you played any of those? What do you think about those? I know I have... Um, oh my gosh, what's the dragon one? Um, I just lost it now. I just had it in my head a minute ago. How to anyway, Train Your Dragon. I, no, no. Game it's of the, Thrones. One of, 
one of the more recent D&D box sets that just came mm. out. Uh, anyway, I have one. Lord it's, of the uh, it's It's an easy playthrough. It's uh, fun. It gets you kind of that same type of scenario. Pre-made characters, but you also have a pre-made map. Sure. It literally tells you how to lay out the map as you walk into a room. Here's the next piece that has to go on the board. Sure. Um, you know, yeah, so it so, takes so makes so it a little played, easier for the GM. Yeah, so I've played... Uh, a good amount of the Legend of Drizzt. Um, That's the one. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I played a good amount of that one. Uh, that is something that is actually... Yeah, so th- that works as a simplified version of D&D. Um, it does have a lot of the mechanics, like you said. The same character stats and stuff like that. Uh, and it works a little bit like Gloomhaven, where, yeah, you know, you... Okay, this scenario, this is what the board looks like, and this is where there's some treasure, and this is where the different monsters are going to pop out once you go into the rooms. Uh, Those, I think, are a fantastic way to get into it a little bit. Um, It is not the same thing, though, because there's almost no real role-playing in those sorts of games. That is almost just simulating the combat encounters only, uh, and then the story is kind of told for you between parts. Uh, So, is it a good way to get into D&D? Definitely. Is it a good way to learn how to play tabletop RPGs? Probably no, because that is basically going to train you to be a murder hobo and that everything is a nail, you are the hammer, go go hammer your nail. That would explain a lot, actually, because that's what we started with before D&D tabletop RPGs was, was Legend of Drift. So sure. That's why we were murder hobos. But yeah, so, so to that point, because we have some folks in chat asking like, hey, I'm intrigued now, how do I get into this? Um, you know, something like that is a, is a great way. If you can get a group of four or six people together and play Legend of Drist or one of those guys, um, and you can get anyone, like, I mean, we have games by James out here, but there's a game store around you somewhere, I'm sure. Um, they're going to have those box sets. They're not cheap. It's like 60 bucks, 80 bucks for this game, but um, but it's going to come with a lot of stuff, and it's going to at least teach you kind of the, the foundation of how D&D, the foundation D&D was built on. Correct. Uh, then when you want to expand that, you're like, Man, I freaking love this. This is awesome. I want to run, and I want to figure out how to make this my own game with the same type of foundation. Uh, that's when you get into like what we're doing now with 5th edition, um, where you know they basically give you a guideline of scenarios, and then you let the, the GM kind of let his creative juices just flow and have a good time. And Sure. Uh, yeah, that's and that's are, where the fun really comes. And there are plenty of these kind of pre-made scenarios out there at different levels, depending on what you're interested in. So the Lost Minds of Fandelver are definitely geared as a starter thing. I think the highest character levels that they even give you in it might be like a level four, uh, possibly level five character stuff. Um, and it's relatively few possible different characters you can even be um they don't get into any of the more advanced character classes anything like that but there are other ones out there that go much much more in depth and are much longer total campaigns and everything so so if you would like to get into it more if you play something like the lost minds of Fandelver and you really enjoy it uh but you don't think you have the time or the talent or the inclination or whatever to do the whole gm making something you know from scratch, uh, there are plenty of things that you could do for presumably years from just taking other people's scenarios and worlds and everything and running those. Right, right. Now, is there? Um, so I know. I mean, you're you're pretty much off the shooting from the hip from a creative perspective as the GM, which I love. I think that's cool because I know for a fact that nobody's ever played the game we're about to play, right? Sure. Because it's all from your brainchild and. Now, are there places out there where people can just go and find, you know, like 
GM manuals. Like, all right, this happens, do this. Yeah, absolutely. So there are things that are made officially by Wizards of the Coast, but there are tons of other things out there that you can find either free or for sale, uh, depending on what you'd be interested in doing. Um, And all of those resources are actually incredibly easy to find. Reddit has a really good community for D&D and for tabletop RPGs, uh, where you can get those sorts of scenarios. The other side of it is that um, D&D 5th Edition isn't really the best game system for it, but there are conversion systems out there as well. So, you know, D&D kind of is your classic high fantasy thing, right? You know, you've got your dragons and your goblins and your elves and wizards and whatever, halflings and stuff. Um, But there are ways that you can kind of convert that out of high fantasy into something that is a little bit more low fantasy or even more realistic type stuff. Uh, If that's something you are interested in, though, there are a lot of other systems that are maybe more flexible. So that's the other side of it. You know, you can look at if you want to play a tabletop RPG, but you don't necessarily want to do wizards and elves and and goblins and everything. uh, You can look at stuff like Apocalypse World, uh, which is kind of more of a apocalyptic dystopia. Think like a Mad Max style thing Um, or Savage Worlds, which is closer to kind of a D&D style it feels like as far as how the dice roll but it's much more simplified combat uh and is incredibly flexible as far as what you can end up doing to it and kind of the different worlds that you create gotcha and my last question for you actually comes from chat uh viper zero would like to know if his charizard is a viable character in any of these D&D games so, your Charizard might be hard to fit into D&D per se, but one of the games that we might end up uh, playing is called The Witch is Dead. Um, so this is a one-shot that I might end up doing with them, I haven't decided. Uh, where you play as familiars to a witch who is dead. So a witch hunter came in, murdered your witch, and now it is your job to go and basically get revenge on this witch hunter. Uh, so basically you get to play some sort of which familiar, which, you know, normally would be like a an owl or a cat or a squirrel or something. But you know what? I would let you play your Charizard and it would probably just ruin the game because I think the entire premise is supposed to be that you have to do some problem solving and role playing as a squirrel uh, in order to get revenge. And if you're just a Charizard, then that revenge might be a little bit more straightforward. <laughs> nice. I found they it. They have it by zero. I lit him on fire. Cool. Um, <laughs> if we do that, I'm rolling a Charizard just in your memory. In your well, memory, like you died, you're still yeah, exactly. here, but just in the in the memory of you not playing memorial. with us. Right now. Yeah. So, alright, man. Well, I am excited to get this thing kicked off. Um, I know that uh, you know. I know you said we're going to start with five, and then I held up six fingers. Uh, candidly, my wife is all about playing, so I'm going to try and pressure you into letting her play. Sure. Um, and by letting her play, I know you will, but I'm just going to try and pressure you into saying, <laughs> yes, we'll run with six you know instead of five. Well, what we'll do is we'll say that you pressured me into it, so you can earn some brownie points from from your wife. And yeah, but then like you're going to you really had to twist my arm or something like that to get her in. Yeah, but then you're going to lose brownie points because let's be honest, you know, she loves you more than she loves me half the time. So it's, it's all lose. good. It's all good. You've got more to lose. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get started. She's excited to get started. I know the other guys are excited to get started. Um, you know, I, I appreciate all the work you've put in to get us to where we are today because. Sure. Well, you know what? Let's let's give it a couple weeks and see how things actually go. And then you can. uh you can thank me or you can uh, curse me out for for things, depending on where we end up. Well, I I just thank you for the effort. Because candidly, all I've had to do so far in order to 
you know, enjoy this is 100% just go, uh, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds awesome. Sure. That's all I've had to do. You know, and actually, you've done... actually, the biggest thing that you guys have all done is agree to give up playing WoW on Mondays in order to let me actually do this. So, Bro, that, that's going to save me 15 bucks a month for the next couple months anyway, so I'm good with it. Whatever. <laughs> Perfect. All right, and for everybody that is uh, is watching now on Twitch, we will end up streaming these, um, and I'm going to look into seeing if we can record them, and maybe we'll actually do like a little spin-off podcast thing here where we can... Uh, do some of these as podcast episodes, edit them out a little bit and everything like that to kind of try to put them into a little bit of a story format. Heck yeah, we can do that. Kind of like Crit Roll. Crit Roll, yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, exactly. is probably one of the most popular D&D podcasts out there. So if you're interested in D&D podcasts, yeah. go to Crit Roll, especially since the GM is also the voice of a Korean Overwatch. <laughs> that is also true. Uh, also, the guys that do My Brother, My Brother and Me, uh, they have a fantastic podcast doing D&D stuff, uh, whose name I do not remember right now. But if you search for them, you will figure it out. Well, that, sir, I, I, have I appreciate nothing the else time. to GM right now. So I'm going to call it a night. I think that's a good idea. I appreciate the time. That was a that was a great recap of what I am excited for coming this Monday. Uh, as well as some, you know, for, from some people asking questions about how it all works and where we all figured it out. I appreciate the insight on that. Um, I don't know that I'll ever GM just because I don't have the creativity you have because my kids are old and grown and now all they care about is their devices <laughs> they, and not yeah, their creativity. Yeah, they don't want to talk to you. But uh, it intrigues me nonetheless. So I say we're probably at a good point to, to tell everybody good night. Uh, first and foremost, I suppose we should probably talk about how they get in touch with us, right? Yeah, please, please. If you guys uh, have any, like I said, if you have any suggestions, ideas, uh, or even just questions on things where you want me to kind of go into it a little bit more, uh, why don't you send us an email? Yeah, emails are good. We like emails. Emails, uh, hit us up at ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com is the best way to email us and actually realistically the only way to email us. So definitely do that. Um, If for some odd reason you don't like email. Uh, maybe you're just really not a fan of electronic mail and you'd rather snail mail us. Don't do that because we don't really have an address. Yeah, yeah, but you can don't. hit us up on Twitter uh, at ggpodcast1. Ooh, that's, it's been like, it feels like it's been two weeks since I've said that one. At ggpodcast1 on Twitter. Um, you can see us on Facebook. Facebook, we have a group of people on Facebook. So if you want to get involved in the community, maybe provide us some insight. Maybe give us some, you know, I don't know, some ideas behind content that would be a good call because candidly every wednesday brian and i text go hey what are we going to talk about tonight uh so some forward-looking ideas hit us up uh do that on facebook or through email but facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash gg podcast uh we also have our website you can provide some feedback on the website it's www.trinitygamers.com um, and as always, love the activity in the Twitch group. Uh, you guys are amazing. And that is twitch.tv forward slash Ignatio, which is I-G-N-A-T-I-O-1-3. We stream live uh, every Wednesday night sometime around 8.30, 9 o'clock during the summer because, well, I got baseball. 8.30, 9 o'clock Central Time. The, the Central time, time. zone, that doesn't really matter. True. That's the, Well, that's the most the most central of time zones. Yes. 8.30, 9 o'clock Central Time. So... All right, man. This was fun. It was a good time. Good talk. Thank you very much, my friend. Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for listening. GG, well played. GG, well played, everybody. Have a good night.